Thanks again to our praise team and for your faithfulness um, to our Wednesday night and to our church and to our Father and to the Savior we serve. And uh, He's such a great God. Amen. Now, uh, I know I did a little double duty today. Um, There's some sickness we know that's going around. And uh, so I'm having to do double duty, but that is fine. I hope you guys didn't mind. But last week as I was here and was able to participate in worship with you, I just thoroughly enjoyed being down front. And uh, But tonight, being up here, uh, again, it's just uh, I'm just thrilled to be with you. And, uh, and I'm glad you came back. Uh, anytime that we're together, uh, and whoever, you know, our, I truly miss our pastor and, 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 and uh, the family that's gone to Israel. I'm looking forward to the return as they come back on Thursday. Uh, but dealing with sickness, we've dealt with that this week, you know, with Steve not feeling well and Monica not doing well, and, uh, and there's others, uh, as has been mentioned. Um, and we praise God for the, those that first responders that uh, saw to, uh, Ms. Nicole on Sunday. Uh, and also to the just the uh, the love that was shown uh, during that time when she was uh, her world was upside down. Um, but before we get started and before I pray, I want to kind of do a little recap from last week. And one thing I'm going to do is try to slow down a little bit. You know, as I've said, you know, I I, I love to sing it. I could just spend all day just singing and just worshiping the Lord. But when I get up here and I have to start speaking or uh, just talking, uh, I just want to kind of rush through things. Uh, but that, with time, will get better. So I appreciate your patience. So uh, at the end of this, you can say, Matt, you, you're just too slow. Or you can say, Matt, you're just too fast. Or you can say, Matt, you were just right. Okay? So uh, I want to do a recap. I know tonight you see that I'm, I'm, by chance, I put this shirt on today, and I thought, you know what, you know, I'm going to wear this, because last week we talked about putting on the full armor of God, and, and sometimes, as last week, as I mentioned too, was sometimes our clothes kind of define us and makes us feel good, and sometimes it kind of tells us what we do for a living, okay? Uh, I know Joe would rock this, okay? Uh, Joe is, a, uh, is one of our own, and he's one of our uh, uh, police officers serving here uh, in our community, actually in Perrysburg. And, uh, but he would look good in this outfit. But I, I want to tell you this is, you know, um, I, I, was, I was blessed to have a wonderful relationship with a, a, a great family in Jacksonville. And she was an NCIS agent. Uh, she, was, she was the real deal. And this is the real shirt because you have to have a license or a badge to, to get this. And she bought this for me. Uh, and I'll always remember the family, not because they bought this, because we shared so many special times together. And um, so I called her, and uh, I was getting ready to go do a service in Pennsylvania, from Jacksonville to Pennsylvania. I was going up there to officiate my uncle's funeral. And so I called her, Carol. I said, Carol, I said, hey. She goes, what's up? I said, I, I just got to ask you. I said, I'm fixing to go to Pennsylvania. And I said, I would really love to wear this shirt on the way there. I said, will I get in trouble? You know, she's, oh, no, no, you won't, you won't get in trouble. I said, because I don't want to be asked to do something if something were to happen. You know, I'm in the back of the plane or in the middle of the plane. If something happens, who are they going to call? You know, well, 
So I'm wearing my shirt, and you know I'm going down the aisleway in the airport, and uh, and also when I get on the plane, going in the small tight spaces there, and and there people are looking at me. So oh, thank you for what you do, and oh, I'm just so curious about what NCIS that 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 show Mark Harmon that just really made NCIS. Everybody recognizes that. And, and and speaking of that, she was actually one of the people that was on set when NCIS started that whole series, and she would help, I guess, give the lingo, the language, those things Joe knows, I don't know, but, you know, so that way those actors can talk and portray a, a real naval officer. Uh, so that was kind of cool. So, you know, I'm going through the airport, and I don't be too long on this, and, you know, I'm about, I'm about done. The plane's landing in Pennsylvania, and I'm thinking, I haven't been called on to do anything, I haven't been asked to do uh, or offend, uh, to tackle somebody or whatever. So uh, I'm, all, I'm getting off the plane, I'm walking out, and I see the state trooper, Pennsylvania state trooper. He is standing there uh, just kind of tucked inside of a, a corridor, you know. And he's standing there like this, and he's just looking me up and down. And I see that he's looking me up and down, so I'm kind of like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I feel like, hey, I'm, I'm in trouble now, or I, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, you just have that sense, you know. And as soon as I got close to him, to him he stepped out like this. He goes, are you Matt Gingry? And I said, oh, oh, I'm thinking to myself. And I said, uh, yes. <laughs> and he stuck out his hand. He says, on the behalf of the Pennsylvania State Troopers, I welcome you to, to Pennsylvania. If there's anything you need while you're here, Here's my card, my personal cell phone. So I thought, hey, I'll get a you know, police escort, you know, whatever, you know. But I said, well, thank you so much. And then he says, on behalf of Carol Kissart, you know, so, you know, I called Carol and she goes, man, I know, I know where you are at all times. I said, okay. So again, I, you know, I looked apart. People appreciated the fact what I did. I didn't know how to respond to that, but I've learned a lesson, you know, uh, uh, I'm wearing this day just because it uh, reminds me of them. And uh, since I've been here in Ohio, I've, been not, I've not been asked to do anything special uh, or attend anything special. But let's go ahead and spend some time in prayer, and then we will get started here in what God has laid on my heart. Let's pray. Lord, our Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you for just the fact that we can come together in your house, and Lord, just praise your name. Lord, the song that we sung just moments ago, Lord, I just pray that every time we meet, Lord, you'll be glorified. You'll be honored. You'll be worshipped, uh, Lord, for who you are. And Lord, that the, the, the congregations will they'll just sing out your praise. Lord, I just pray in times, and we know times are getting tough, but in times, may we just be faithful. May we be encouragers. May we be worshipers, and may we... Let others see you in everything that we do. Lord, again, we thank you for those that have been mentioned and also to those that are sick. May your hand be upon them. Those that are healing and for those that really, we can't determine what went wrong, but Lord, we know that you know because you are the great physician. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, that was my recap from last week and uh, my little story about uh, your dress and what we wear kind of tells a little story of who we are. 
But I want to talk tonight about following Jesus. So as I first started preparing, and, and my mind was racing around on different things and different topics, and, and one was in Peter and talking about love, um, but I just kind of stuck on this and fell on this and following Jesus. And Matthew 9, 9 says this, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of customs, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose, and he followed him. Here it's interesting. Matthew is, is a figure to the theologians and the historians because he was not a beloved person. In fact, he was probably probably a hated person. You see, Matthew was a publican. That's right, I said publican. I didn't say Republican, which translate to tax collector, which to some people it may be the the very reason why they hated him. That must have been a very lonely job. It's kind of like the IRS, but don't forget who the, who the Hebrew people were paying taxes to. Hebrews at that time deeply distrusted any of their own who worked to maintain a Roman Empire. And most were seen as greedy, selfish, and a traitor. The life of Matthew, for Matthew this changed when Jesus crossed his path and said, follow me. Matthew was probably just in the lowliest of places there. Can you imagine just collecting taxes from those that, really probably some of the rich and just the very poor, the very needed. But just like that, according to his gospel, Matthew heard these words and dropped everything. He paid back all those that he had cheated. He renounced his worldly possessions, and he committed himself to follow Jesus. Well, see, when Matthew dropped everything, when Jesus passed by and said, follow me, I kind of stuck on that word just like that. He dropped everything. And to do this, he, he quit his job. You know, he was, had a lucrative job. Every time he collected taxes, he ta- taxed on a little bit of for himself. But when he followed Jesus, he quit his job. He dropped everything and followed him. That means he left his home. He left his home for a long duration just so he can walk with the Messiah, the rabbi, the teacher. I could just imagine what those days must have been like. So Matthew had that time with Jesus as he observed him, as he followed him. He spent every waking hour with him. 
just so one day he can be like him. And today, as Christians, what do we do to follow him? What are some signs of following Jesus? One, we must confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, accept him as Savior, putting our old ways away, having new friends, making new friends. And also, too, I think about personally the call to full-time ministry. Many of you know my story. I was a uh, UPS driver for some 22 years. I was serving Bible vocationally in many churches in southeast Alabama and for many years. But God was equipping and preparing during that time. And then I remember asking the Lord, Lord, lead me to the path you'd have me to go and be faithful to go. I remember early on in my ministry as a bivocational and as I led worship in places and different churches, I always thought, Lord, wouldn't this be great to do this full time? But little did I know that God was at work through all those years. Through all the good times and all the bad times and the peaks and the valleys. Well, then there was a time when and God just showed up. I got a phone call. I surrendered to full-time ministry. And that meant that I had to leave my home and, and sell all those things that I had treasured up in my barn and my buildings on the property that I, that I had owned with my bride and our home that we made. I remember telling my wife what God was doing and, and what I've been praying about, and she knew what we've been praying about. But she said, Matt, you just better be sure. You just better be sure. Us married men, we know what that is. We know what that sounds like. We know what that look is. So that's my story as far as following Jesus. I remember... Uh, as my wife and I decided to come, as we went through those doors and God was opening these doors, and after we accepted the call full-time ministry, I remember that time we put the for sale sign in our yard. I began to cry. Not because I was sad, but I knew that I was leaving our home. I knew that my boys were leaving their home. I knew that my boys were leaving everything they ever knew as a child. But I knew I was glad as well because I knew God had some things that we had not ever seen or even ever thought of. But He had a plan. And I'm sure we all could share similar stories about following Jesus. In Matthew 16, 24 and 28 says this, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
For whoever will save his life shall lose it, and whoever will lose his life for, the, for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his, with, with his angels. And then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom. See, Matthew's ministry, as he followed Jesus, prepared him for what was to come. Because, you know, Matthew was there during time of Jesus' crucifixion. I can imagine him being there when his cross was placed in that hole where that the post work he would be staked. But Matthew was amongst one of those that was chosen to spread the good news, the word of Christ. He spent most of his time in Palestine, where he, where he helped plant and helped planted new congregations and to spread Christ's teaching. And there's no record uh, in the Bible uh, of Matthew's death. But, but Christian historians believe he died somewhere in Ethiopia. They also believe that eight of the disciples were put to death for their faith for Jesus. So just like Matthew, when he dropped everything, we all must take up the cross and follow him. What does that mean? It means absolutely surrender. We must follow Jesus because of who he is, not because of what he can do for us. He is Lord. He is a sovereign Lord. He is the Lord of all creation who spoke the universe, this very universe, into existence. Who created you and me for His purpose. He is fearful. He is a fearful Lord of judgment before every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. He is the gracious Lord of salvation who gave His life so that all who believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. And when your cross that you carry seems too heavy to bear, Remember this, when the Apostle Paul faced hardship and suffering, he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I am known, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted 
to him until that day. Paul's faith was based on the true knowledge of the Lord. If, if you want a faith that preserves the trials and the temptations of this life, trust in Jesus. Trust in Jesus. We may not die as mortars, mortars just like Matthew and the other disciples, but the Bible is clear that we will suffer trials and persecutions. In 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 13, says this, Beloved, think it is not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you, as though some strange things happen to you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering. That's when His glory shall be revealed. Ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And John 16 and verse 33 says this, These things I have spoken unto you, that in, my, that in me ye may have peace, and in the world ye shall have tribulations, but of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And here in America, we are very blessed, aren't we? We have, we have an opportunity to practice our religion. We have religious freedoms. And we do not have to hide our Christianity. And it should be easier to stand as, as strong Christians together. But although the laws that have been put in place has been creeping up and and sometimes that just makes it hard. Like, like taking prayer out of, out of our schools. It's like taking the Ten Commandments from our courtrooms. And just recently, the attacks on this Jewish synagogue here in America. Think about the, the gentleman that stuck to his conviction when he was asked to, to make a cake for a couple that was of the same sex. They took him to court and he had won. I think about my first time at Lucas County Fair when we were out witnessing to those that passed by. And the two ladies that came into the tent wanting to know more about Jesus and how to get to heaven. We, we started talking and they had told me they were just looking for a gay-friendly church. So I shared some scripture with them, shared some thoughts on that, And I prayed with them. Obviously, we are living in an upside-down world. 
had an opportunity this past week to go for the Right for Life conference, our banquet that was held here in, in Toledo. And the pastor there spoke about this upside-down world that we live in. I'm for right for life. Amen? But in these days and all those trials that we face and all these tribulations and all these things that come our way and the trials that we may face, only a few will enter the kingdom of heaven. And unfortunately, many of the people that we meet will not want to accept any difficulties or any any inconveniences to follow Christ. In Matthew 7, 13, verse 14, 13 and 14 says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there will be that will find it. And I thought about this, and even as I talked earlier with our chapel service at 1 o'clock. That just took out to me. Only a few will find it. That's a very, very small number. I don't know what that number is. But I think you'd agree with me that few does sound very small. And my question, even to myself and to you tonight, are what are we doing? What are we doing to increase that number? And are we doing our part? I uh, had gotten a text from a church member and and, uh, such an encouragement and uh, he had texted me and said, hey, um, can I have a number? And, he, and I gave him the information that he needed. And I don't know if it was this particular number that he got, but he was calling somebody, and, and he had called the wrong number. And the text says, Pastor Matt, I called the wrong number, but I led the lady to the Lord. So there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity in every situation, in every circumstance, there's an opportunity. So what are we doing to change that few? So narrow is the way, but only a few will find it. So what does that look like for you? Are we doing our part? Are we making wrong phone calls and and leading people to the Lord? Does our actions speak for us of who we are? Do people know, not by their clothes, what we do? Do the people know, not by our clothes, what's inside? Do the people know, 
this God that we serve. I had a had a situation uh, that I was I was facing and and I was struggling, and it was it was it was stealing my joy where it hurt. It hurt me on how I handle things or how I approach things. Um, I know a couple weeks ago I shared with you that my mother passed away. And I was angry. No, I wasn't angry at God. I was just angry. Um, see, my mom, uh, when she passed away, I have a brother and a sister, and, and, and I had gotten a check in the mail from my mother's life insurance policy. And I was angry. I didn't want to get it or anything of value, whether it be money or whatever, this way. But I was angry. I went to the bank and it just showed on my face. And of course, I go to the teller and she's there and she's asked me all kinds of questions. And I'm just saying, man, just let me get out of here. Because everything she said was just like, why are you asking me this question? You know, I, you have the information. It's there. You know, I just want to get out of here because it was hurting for me to have to take that to the bank. My mom obviously wanted us to have it because she, she named us on that. And I just feel like, you know, though I took that and I applied that to the principle of my, my mortgage back home, because I felt like that's what mom would have wanted me to do. But I was angry, and I showed it. And when I left, I was still angry. And then when I came back about a week later and I saw the same teller, I said, ma'am, I'm sorry for how I acted. I said, ma'am, I'm a, I'm a pastor at a church here in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, I was not being nice. And I apologize. But through that, we become close friends. But through that, she shared another thing that kind of is a great way to ask people if, if they're okay and if they know Jesus. She says, you know, Matt, I, I, I was talking to an old guy. He was about 85 years old. And he came in one day and he said, are you and Jesus okay? What are you going to say? Either going to say, yeah, or no. But I, I would challenge you this week to ask somebody, to encourage somebody. Maybe use that. Are you and Jesus okay? And watch what happens. Hey, sometimes we're all looking for those icebreakers, right? You know, I, I uh, again, this is... This is I told Joe this. I said, yeah, I can sing to thousands of people. I can sing for hours at a time worshiping. But when I get up here and, and speak, I just want to get through this. But I think, I'm thankful for a pastor and a staff that's encouraging and has allowed me to, to speak and to share what God's laid on my heart. So that's my challenge to you today. You pick up the cross and follow Jesus.
And while you are carrying that cross, wherever God may take you, may that be a signifier of who you are. May people know who you are by the cross that you carry. And in closing, because Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have, have it more abundantly. Jesus will give you abundant life. Not only that, He will give you peace. He will give you a new purpose and a meaning, and He will help you overcome the temptations that will destroy your life. Being a Christian is the greatest life in this world. Amen? Let's pray and we'll, we'll let you out in just one minute early. Lord, our Father, we love you. Thank you for...